Hello and welcome everyone to episode 25 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake and I'm joined today by John and Will, two fantastic co-hosts. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. We have quite a lot to talk about, so uh, I'm very excited to get into it. But before we do that, how are you guys doing? John, we'll start with you. What's up? Yeah, so I just finished my semester of school, so some of us are in grad school around here. So I'm thankful to have had a week off already and a couple more weeks off before summer classes start. But uh, I I think I mentioned on a previous podcast that I like project-based teams, and I've been running uh, Sunflora and Iron Thorns, the new paradox form of Tyranitar, on two different teams, not on the same team. And what I love about project teams is that you get to find the weirdest and kookiest calcs, such as the fact that Sunflora, of all things, between uh, Solar Beam and Sun and Terror Blast as a fire type in Sun, can one-hit KO basically any Dondozo you put it in front of. Sunflora of all things is okay, a Dondozo check. Wild. Right? That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. And Iron Thorns, you can EV it so that it outspeeds Chi Yu and you can just spam rock slides all day long. And I did it against two people on ladder already. So that's why I like project teams. I'm looking forward to more testing over the summer and hopefully doing some online tourneys with it. Very, very cool. Yeah. When, whenever you make a, whenever you have a new project, I always look forward to those replays because I'm just like, man, I'm, I can't imagine being that opponent and just being like, I just got beat by dragon dance iron thorns, <laughs> but it's, it hits hard though. It's pretty cool. Uh, cool. Well, thank you very much for coming back, of course. And also will, how are you doing? I'm good. I've been up to the opposite of John. He's doing fun things with fun teams and i have been trying to get sweaty balance teams to work because i had hartford last weekend and i needed to get a good team for that so i'm looking forward to now that hartford's done putting that behind me going back to fun stuff yeah that's what i'm looking forward to as well maybe taking like a little bit of a break from pokemon you know we see when home comes out but yeah i'm uh hartford was way more mentally draining than i was anticipating just for the fact that it's just you know playing pokemon but that was, uh, that was a lot of fun, so I look forward to us recapping our first-time experiences at a regional here in just a little bit, but thank you for coming back on. So what what have you been doing since you got back from Hartford? Anything of note? I have not played a single match of Pokemon. <laughs> um, I downloaded Tears of the Kingdom because I refused to download it before Hartford because it's like any game time I have, I have to like prep for this event, and now that's done, I put that behind me, and now I'm able to actually play fun games again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, go collect all those Korok seeds and uh, have a great time doing it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and for me, yeah, just Hartford was really the big thing. And now that it's done, I am looking forward to whatever that next thing is going to be. I'm already starting to think about home a little bit, but not, you know, nothing more than just like, oh, how, what about Regilecki next to Chi Yu? That could be kind of fun, but we'll see how that all shakes out once we get some more definitive and clear news from the Pokemon company about when that connectivity might come in. So Jake, are you saying that you're homesick? I am. I am. I'm very much wow. homesick. Well done. 
Well done, John. You should be running this podcast. <laughs> so let's talk about what we have going for us this episode. We have a little bit of news to get into, and then we're going to talk about John, uh, Will and my first experience in Hartford, as John asks some, us some questions about that. Then we're going to break down some top teams from both Hartford and the Malmo regionals that took place over the weekend before finally wrapping up with an interview from a champion from the Malmo Regional. So definitely stay tuned for that. But first, let's get into some news. So, Will, do you want to take this first one, please? Sure. So this past weekend, we were supposed to have the Great Tuscan Iron Shreds Wreath, and that did not happen. So anyone expecting to do that was very sorely disappointed. In classic Pokemon fashion, there was a bug in the event that caused a reward to be provided that does not actually exist in the game. As a result, I had to cancel the event altogether, and we'll reschedule that for a future date. So I'm not totally surprised, given how things have been with this game for the past six months, but it is still a bummer. Yeah, it's a shame that it happened with this one. I mean, at least it wasn't, you know, I guess it's really the Great Tusk for the Violet folks out there. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying about really Iron Needing to, to get that, but... Because a, a friend of mine, he only has Violet and he hasn't really done too much with like the online trading and whatnot. And he's like, I was looking forward to getting a Great Tusk. So it is unfortunate that it just got too buggy. Yeah, and like this one really shouldn't have been that difficult. There's nothing that complicated about this event. Well, there, there was something that complicated the event, but it is because there was Terabug involved. That's why. That was the uh, issue. I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I resist, you know, I resist uh, ground so and fighting. So for Iron Treads, could be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally walls great tusk. Yep. <laughs> it does, it does. Speaking of a series of unfortunate events, not just the raid event, but also some news that we received that we were all very excited about and then very sad about. What is that, John? That sad news was that the English Twitter announced that we were getting Pokemon Home on either May 23rd or 24th. But sadly, they put the Mudsdale before the cart, and it's no longer coming on the 23rd or 24th. It is coming soon. Maybe this week. Maybe next week. Maybe in 2024. Who knows? <laughs> Apparently not the English Pokemon Twitter. Um, so if you're looking for home connect connectivity between Scarlet and Violet and all your past games... You're just going to have to keep waiting a bit longer, but it's coming soon. That was eventually just, that was terrible. Like, <laughs> and like, I get it. You know, they, they just, maybe there's just like some wires crossed on something or even like, like you said, someone's some intern got fired for sure. But it's like, people have been asking about that for months now and months. to not be yes. so buttoned up on like any news remotely connected to home is a failure i think in that corporation's communication department i like missed this whole thing when it was announced i think i was busy at work or something and then like popping into the discord and seeing their reaction was like the embodiment of the community fire gift when he walks in and everyone's just screaming i was like <laughs> oh my god what happened in the last three hours yeah it was unfortunate but you know we'll see what happens i will say there was a brief moment in the stream on for for Hartford on day two and they started talking about home mons that they were very excited to see and it was a very brief segment 
But I'm thinking that home connectivity is actually very close because TPCI is so closely connected to what can and can't be said on those streams, like down to how to pronounce, you know, uh, garganical versus garganackle, which the last one I think is correct. I'm th- hoping that actually home is relatively close because they did start talking about that and they were okay to do so, but who knows? Who yeah, knows? I wouldn't count on it. And this last piece, speaking of Hartford and the regionals that took place over this past weekend, a massive congratulations to Shailang Tang and Maddie Morgan for winning the Hartford Regional and Malmo Regional, respectively. And also a massive congratulations to the VGC Trainer School own Swamp for winning the Malmo Senior Division Championship. And we will be talking with him a little bit later about his experience in doing so. So fantastic for them and for Maddie in particular. I'm pretty sure he entered day two with an X3 record and was able to go all the way to uh, to the championship, which is pretty great. I mean, because at that point, once you enter in like it's or at least they were X3 going into Top Cut. I know that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're X3. They were so one like, of the last seeds, but they did it. Yeah. It's so like you pressure's on from the get-go, and they were able to push it off and come out on top, which, you know, congrats to them. That is the news. So let's jump into the topic. Will and I went to Hartford, but I don't want to ask myself questions. So, John, can you please take over? Speaking of taking over the podcast, I'm your new host, John. So we have two lovely gentlemen who went to the Hartford Regionals, their very first in-person tournament, their very first time at a live event competing with Pokemon, competing in Pokemon in front of thousands, probably not thousands, just hundreds of other sweaty gamers. Um, Gentlemen, how was it? How was was the preparation leading up to Hartford? What was it like to think, oh, it's on the books, I've got the flights, or I guess both of y'all drove, but... I got all the travel plans. Like, what was it like leading up to that fateful Saturday morning? You know, I'll say this. I don't think that I spent enough time looking forward to it. And that's the one thing that I probably regret the most because it was so much fun. I had truly an amazing time, but I was so wrapped up in trying to figure out what team I was going to bring all the testing that I was doing, getting beat by ladder cheese and then having that cause me to spiral and like overthink about what I was, what I was doing and was I wasting time and money and stuff like that. And it was like, I was getting nervous and anxious about it when I should have been looking forward to it and being like, yo, it's almost here. Oh my God. It's, it's only a week away. But instead it was like, Oh my God, it's only a week away and I don't know what I'm going to bring. But once I did finally know it was nice to, drive up there Friday night and then get registered Saturday morning and just walk in. And the event was massive. I used to go to Comic-Con, you know, when I was younger and it felt very much like that, but then I actually got to participate. It was just, it was a great time for sure. Yeah. A lot of that resonates with me too. I was definitely like nervous leading up to it and panicking and trying to find a team and like stressing over small EV changes and like, move slots that I didn't even end up clicking in the day of. And I feel like I didn't really 
step back and appreciate like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to go play Pokemon. It's going to be fun. There's no reason to get so stressed out about this. I will say when I was there, I didn't really feel stressed. I kind of was able to like embody the mindset of like, it's just mods. I'm just going to play Pokemon with some other people playing Pokemon. We're all mm-hmm. going to have a good time. Yep. And I definitely had a great time while I was there, but I wish I was able to kind of, like Jake said, like front load that experience also and more look forward to it and look forward to the competition rather than like feeling nervous, like, oh, I'm about to travel and spend a week and just getting pounded into the ground for nine straight matches. Yeah, I think I think both new people and the old fogies alike will resonate with that feeling of, oh, no, that's this big event. I paid 70 bucks. I... You know, am I going to go positive? Am I going to win a single game? I remember uh, Joe Ugardi, one, you know, really awesome player, won Portland, again, defended his title, made top cut finalists throughout the season. Awesome guy. He tweets out regularly that he has no idea what he's bringing to an event he is about to top cut in, you know, the day before, two days before. So I think if if you're listening to this and you're feeling... Like, I don't know if I should go to a tournament. You know, how do I know that I'm going to be prepared? No one is. No one's ever prepared. Everyone feels nervous. But like these guys said, you're just going to play Mons. You're playing $70 to play Mons with a whole bunch of people who like playing Mons. So guys, what was the event like? Like, what was the event space like? What what was there to do? Um, obviously, you're going to play Pokemon. But like, what else was there? What is the event like for a spectator to go, for a competitor to go? So I thought it was, aside, for VGC, I thought there was very little else to do there aside from the actual regional event. I like showed up there Friday night because I got there a little early. I was like, oh, I'll check out the event space. And they had like a couple of stalls set up that you could buy stuff at, which was kind of cool. And I like got a plushie, but it seemed very TCG focused, which makes sense because I guess that like prints money for the Pokemon company. So of course it's going to be that way. But like all the side events were TCG and all the merch was TCG. And I felt like for VG, there wasn't really much for me there aside from the actual day of regional games. Yeah, that one was a little disappointing considering, you know, uh, Spicer and Tony have come on and talk about talked about the side events that they've been able to do. And I was hoping to maybe do something like that. But then it was like day two and you could do the premiere challenge, but then you have to pay another 25 bucks. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to. So I will say the one thing that I was not expecting that I thought was very cool is they had a free play area set up where they had every single Nintendo console with a Pokemon game on it. So that was Nintendo 64 all the way to Nintendo Switch. And you could play Snap. You could play Pokken. You could play Pokemon uh, Coliseum. You could do Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. That was very cool. I didn't end up playing anything but because it was always busy when, when we were walking around. But I was like... That's a really neat way to not only give people something to do in between rounds or if you're not necessarily playing, but also it kind of spoke to like the history of Pokemon in a way and like how closely connected to Nintendo it is, despite not being a first party property. It's it was just it was very neat. It was like the nostalgia, but also a fun little thing you could see just a regular person playing Pokemon, which you'll never see again at a regional setting. So. So we'll think of this. What if they had for the VG side a side event for like the Scyther minigame or like the Clefairy minigame from Pokemon Stadium? Would you stay on Sunday for that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I didn't stay on Sunday for anything because there was only the 
local that Jake was referencing. And I was like, I know that takes a while for the local right after the regional because everyone who didn't make day two just goes to that local and it's huge. And I was like, I don't know if I want to spend another half day at this. But if they had these smaller side events, then yeah, I would have stayed for that. That would have been fun. I would have definitely stayed for something fun with like those mini games. That would have been more fun than trying to grind against another 10 matches. Yeah, and I think that even like Will brought it up when he was talking to one of the event runners, I guess, because there was a side event that was posted called a called the the video game uh, raid event. And he's like, well, what is this? And the person started talking about what it was, but it was very much the TCG raid boss challenge where it's like a person has uh, 60 cards in their deck and that's essentially like 6,000 HP or something to that effect. And so a team of four would have to do damage to it, basically have them like discard their cards. And it's like they, they misprinted it being a video game event. And it's like, it would have been neat if there was something cool where it's like, yeah, you go catch six raid mons and then you battle or something like something along those lines where it sort of takes away some of the EV training that you're doing or like the high, the high focus on it. And it's just like, hey, this is a monotype battle, the tournament or this is a raid tournament or something to that effect would have been kind of cool. Or even if it was just like, yeah, just come play Pokemon, you know, I give that a shot. Yeah, I was looking for stuff like that too, of like random rental teams or something like that. Yeah, that's rental like very casual. Room. Yeah, just pick up and play some games and get some coupons and go have fun at the prize wall. But there was like nothing like that. Yeah, we couldn't even. We could like only look at the prize wall. I felt like you know just staring at it, just will like listlessly. Yeah, I even asked them when I got there. I was like, so I can't use real money for this, right? And they were like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, got it. Thanks. <laughs> This is a Chuck E. Cheese style event, guys. Yeah, they need a ticket so they can just buy our way into it. So all, all you TOs that are listening to this podcast, take notes. I've just finished my strongly worded email to all of you to take all of these events in mind for the future. Okay, so guys, main event. You get there Saturday morning, you check in, you do all of your team checks, you, know, you double-checked your EVs a thousand times, you DM'd us that our EVs are wrong. Game one starts. What's what's the day like? What's battling like for y'all? So going in, I brought uh, a very off meta team. It was the choice specs bundle with Aurora Vale, Obama Snow. That was my snow pair, like my weather pair. And then I had Iron Jugulus, Ting Lu, Orthworm, and Fluttermane as my as my next four. And so going in, I was like, all right, I feel pretty good about this because even if this isn't necessarily a super meta team, it is the most fun team that I that I had played. And shout out to Tony for building this team and just falling in love with Iron Jugulus. And it was it was really cool. And during some testing, I know that the John, you had played with the team and one of the people that uh, one of our friends, uh, Mike Titan, a.k.a. Tyler, used a the team that won Nino's tournament most recently. It was that team that we had talked about on this podcast that was like Screens Grim Snarl, Iron Moth, and then Annihilate Ting Lu. So it was like a Corviknight, Goldango. So it was a bunch of steel types, Screens, Ting Lu. And I'm like, all right, that is the absolute worst matchup that I could possibly have because it basically beats everything. I 
could not have written it more perfectly that my first match was not only against that team specifically, but the guy who made it. I played against the the Nino uh, Poker Bros Tour winner, a like 200 person tournament round one. And I somehow won. I couldn't believe it. I, it was very lucky because I crit EQ round or uh, game one, turn one through the reflect that the Grimmsnarl had set up and the EQ was able to take out the Grimmsnarl. And then I was able to finish it off after that. And then game two, I got a very timely air slash flinch from Iron Jugulus onto the Annihilate before it was able to do any additional damage. And I was able to take game one and game two. After that, I was just like, I don't care what happens the rest of the day because I'm playing with house money now at this point. And then it just kept getting better, which was which was fun. Awesome. How about you, Will? What, what was your team and how did your day start? Uh, so my team, so I had uh, coaching leading up to the event and I had three coaches tell me that I should run a balance team because the team's so good. And I was like, that's fine. I like those style of teams. I like having the defensive switch-ins. So I was going with that. Then Portland happened. The meta is like completely upended. Palance does terribly. The version of Palance I was running is like nowhere to be found. So I'm like panicking, trying to build a different team. Um, I ended up building, I wanted something similar so I could like reuse a lot of the experience and comfort that I had, but I knew the exact team wouldn't work. So it was pretty Palance adjacent, uh, I would say. I had like the standard Arc Moon Flutter stuff. And then I went for AV King Gambit, Banded Dragonite, which is the first time I've really used Banded Dragonite. And Iron Bundle was my water type to round out that core. But I felt good with it. I've used like all this Pokemon before. I ran similar teams in series two. So I felt like I had a lot of comfort to draw on for that. I didn't get a lot of like reps in with this specific team because I kind of finalized like the week of. But overall, I still felt pretty comfortable with it. My first match, I sat down against somebody and you know, you're like trying to make small talk with everybody you play against. And I was like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Is this your first regional? And he's like, no, I've been playing since 2012. And I was like, oh, great. Well, it's my first time. So we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> and then I'm looking at his team now because I like tried to write that on the team list. And this is like, we're going to talk about it later, but he had the new balance core that we're, we're, we saw pop up everywhere of like Chiyu, Iron Hands, Tinglu, Among Us, Flutter, and Gyarados. So this is like one of the new popular archetypes. I did somehow beat him, though. I beat him in three games. And then I felt, like, really good because now 0-9 was off the table. I had at least one in the bank. There you go. So, so I was, like, in good shape. I was feeling happy. Uh, next two, I got beat down, lost two straight. And now, all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. We're back to 1-8. and eight. Um, And then after that, I kind of, like, alternated wins and losses and kind of hovered around even. And then I uh, won my last two pretty handedly. I felt pretty good about them. I won those each 2-0. And then I ended up at 5-4, which was my goal going in. I wanted more wins and losses, and I got there. It was like a weird way to get there where I was kind of always treading water, but I got it. Look at that. First yeah. event, and you go positive. What about you, Jake? How'd you wind up? I did end up positive as well. Uh, I was able to win game two also. I got a nice freeze from Specs Bundle. Then game three, I fought an Orthworm Mirror. And I was able to come out on top. I had my Specs Bundle, Helping Hand, Terra Blast, Blizzard, Oko, a Tinglu twice. <laughs> I was like, this is insane amounts of damage. 
and it was able to even like chunk the earthworm down to like you know it did 80 percent to it or something like that and, and then after citrus berries able to kill it again so at that point i am three and oh and i actually my name came up on the youtube stream and i was like that was that was pretty neat i then won round four also so i started four and oh and then I go into and I'm like at the absolute highest point because I won round four with a with hitting blizzard outside of snow to double hit a flutter main and to annihilate to allow my uh, flutter main to finish off the opposing flutter main. But I did so by clicking sleep talk. <laughs> so it was Yo. like so perfect. I could I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the the luck that I got in that regard and that was like i was like absolutely popping off i go he was, into, i saw him in person and he was giddy after that match. it was it was wild i go into round five and i take it down to game three and this is the one moment that i probably think about the most it was game three and i had my obama snow on the field with a flutter main and an earthworm in the back they had chen pao king gambit and dragonite all of them were below 50%-ish. Maybe the Dragonite was a little bit higher. I can't remember specifically. What I should have done, because Aurora Veil was up, was Energy Ball the Chen Pao to be able to knock to try and knock it out and switch in the Orthworm because they had to go for Sucker Punch with the King Gambit and they had to Ice Spinner because there was no way that they were going to Sacred Sword it. But I just got so focused on just oh i'll just helping hand dazzling gleam and even though i had aurora veil the sucker punch ice spinner double up was able to to kill it it's like thinking back on it it was such an obvious play but i just in that moment i sort of like ran out of time i guess and so unfortunately i got my first loss and then that sort of the bleeding started i fell to four and three from after starting four and oh i did end up five and four which was nice but it was uh it was a wild ride to to get there for sure. It was at one point I was just like, I just gotta win one more, please. I can't go four and oh and then oh and five <laughs> to finish with less wins than losses. But it was amazing. I think my favorite part about the whole event was after every round, myself, the friend that I drove up with, Will and his co-worker Shiv, we would all meet back and we would talk about our 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 rounds what went wrong what went right how we've played we would then wait for the next rounds to be to be announced and like the pairings and then we would all fist bump and we'd all like walk off and it just it, it was nice camaraderie and it felt really fun and just it was a nice way to to spend the weekend for sure yeah it was cool to get like that regroup and like share the war stories and be like mm -hmm. oh yeah i like survived on three hp and i got him it was great oh my god how did your match go yeah that's awesome. And I, and really, that's what the events are about, right? It's you're playing this game, you're playing, you know, chess with pets with superpowers, but you're playing it with a bunch of people and you're playing it with a bunch of friends. And I think if you're worried about going to a live event soon and you're like, I don't know if I should go, how well am I going to do? That's not the point, right? You might win it all. You might lose every match. But if you're meeting people, if you're going with friends and you're playing Pokemon together, like that makes the whole weekend totally worth it so hindsight is 2020 we can all do better we can all practice and get better at the game but at the end of the day y'all had a great weekend and you know what a way to spend your first event at a pokemon game right oh yeah for sure. yeah you're totally right it was so fun 
I definitely, it's definitely something where it's like, I am, ex- I'm glad that that was my first experience. And if for whatever reason, my life events do not work out that I'm able to go to another one, I am totally comfortable with that being my, my last experience. Cause it was just, it was everything that I, that I wanted it to be. You know, I, I met my goals. I met a friend in person and that was really neat. And I got to talk to some content creators. I got to battle in person. I got to travel. It was just, it was really cool. Now we've heard from all the five fours, but Jake, let's hear how the good people did at Hartford. Let's do it. So let's top, let's jump into yeah the uh, some of these top teams and break them down. So typically what we are going to do is, you know, talk, talk about the one through eight or something like that. But instead, what we're going to do this time is we're going to look at the top eight teams from Hartford and Malmo. And we're going to talk about some of the more interesting ones, some of the more that are maybe uh, meta breaking or could be potentially new meta defining and of course talk about the champions so let's first start with shilong tang defeating ryan haig with a fairly standard looking team but it's still very significant because of some of these pairings that we have so they had king gambit fluttermane arcanine iron bundle and the very potent core combo of Chen Pao and Dragonite. Choice banded Dragonite is so incredibly strong. You brought this on your set, right, Will? Yeah, my team is actually very similar to this winning team, but it's a really big difference. The one difference is I had Amungus and you had Chen Pao, and those don't play similarly at all. (laughs) (laughs) But the other five, like, same five Mons, same items on all of them. Same terror types on all of them. Most of the movesets are the same. So the others are really similar. And yeah, this was my first time using Choice Band Dragonite. I did not have Chin Piao, and it was still doing impressive damage. Like, I was just picking off every threat that I was really worried about with, like, a 2 hit KO with plus 2 priority. And I was like, this is amazing. I need to use this thing more. Yeah, Chin Piao is something I haven't really ex- experimented too much with. After Hartford day one, my friend and I went back to our hotel and we found a bunch of random rentals on VGC Paste's repository. And we were just like battling each other with rental teams and then uh, drinking while we were doing it. And there was a Chen Pao Dragonite team and I clicked Outrage once and things just died. And I was just like, this is insane. This is, it's, it's so incredibly strong. You don't even need Chen Pao when you're doing a ton of damage, but then you throw in Terra type normal with E speed. Yeah, I added it originally on my team because I needed like a switch in for Great Tusk. And then I was, realized that it just two hit KOs it. And I was like, oh, great. So I switch in, hit it, it gets threatened, switches out, and then it can't come back in because I'm just going to kill it again immediately. And I didn't even have the Chen Pao. And I was going to say that this is pretty notable that that Chen Pao and Dragonite won the event. We've actually, if you go back through the top cuts of a bunch of the past regulation C events, you will see a bunch of Chien Pao Dragonites and you'll see a bunch of them in top cuts. We've never had a, a finalist, let alone uh, the champion of the whole event, win with Chien Pao Dragonite. So I think it's pretty noteworthy that this core finally was figured out and somebody finally piloted it to the to the winning position. Yeah, and, and I've played a little bit more with Chien Pao than I think 
these other guys have. And it's so weird how an ability that effectively gives you a life orb boost on your partner, because, because that's what the Sword of Ruin and Beads of Ruin abilities effectively do, is that it increases the attack done or the damage done by about the same amount that life orb would boost you. It's amazing how much damage you can do with just that ability. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, a, a super effective hit or even a neutral hit. I have picked off so many things that were resisted by Chien Pao's moves or even Dragonite's moves. But because of Sword of Ruin, things just dropped. So I'm I'm excited. I am super happy that this core finally beat everything else. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and it's strong. I mean, also because you can pair it with King Gambit with Sucker Punch. You can compare. You can pair it with Arcanine for E Speed. It's and Flare Blitz. It's just very, very good. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, this next one we certainly want to talk about. Kyle Livinghouse coming in fifth place with the fourth uh, Ruin Pokemon that doesn't get to see too much in the limelight these days. But they were rocking Fluttermane, Wochien, Chi Yu, Glamora, Talonflame, and Iron Hands. A pretty fun looking team. Obviously, leftovers on Wochien rocking that foul play. That was something that Moxie has said that foul play is probably the best attack on Wochien because those that don't know, foul play is not affected by Tablets of Ruin. Life Orb Chi Yu, Salt Vest. Iron Hands. And the thing that I, I definitely wanted to make note of is this Fluttermane set with booster energy. It is a speed boost on Fluttermane, and it's also ghost terratype instead of fairy terratype. So where you're typically going to go get those boosts to Dazzling Gleam or Moonblast, instead they're just going all in on ghost and also removing that resi- that weakness to steel, which is significant. Yeah, and the other cool thing is, on this team is the synergy between substitute Fluttermane and the Pollen Puff on Wochien. Because when you substitute, normally you have leftovers with on the same Pokemon, or you have a healing move like Leech Seed or something like that. But not only does Fluttermane not have a healing move, it also is very low HP. So you rely so you really need a partner like Amoongus with Pollen Puff or in this case Wochien to heal you back up so that even if your sub gets broken in the same turn, you can immediately heal back up. And then your opponent's just frustrated to no end because they're like, how can't, why can't I kill this Fluttermane? It just doesn't stop taking hits. Yep. And meanwhile, they've probably taken another tick of poison damage and leech seed from Wochien and haven't actually made any progress. Yep. And I think it's also cool that this Glamora is toxic debris, which is the ability that will set toxic spikes up if it's hit by a physical move, but it has toxic. Normally, you would see a toxic Glamora on a corrosion set because corrosion allows a, a poison uh, effect to affect any type. Because normally, poison types and steel types are immune to poison damage and, and poison status conditions, but corrosion allows you to get around that. This set doesn't do that. It's a it's a non-corrosion toxic Glamora with toxic debris. So Kyle Livinghouse is trying to get all this poison damage out by two means, both the this like. I can't really touch you because if I do, I could hit spiky shield or I could hit toxic debris. Or if I ignore you, you can hit me with toxic. So it's, you're, you're kind of messed up both ways. Yep. And then if you try and bring your steel, your steel types, he has life orb to you and he has close combat iron hands. 
And then also to the team, you could see it's a little bit weak to Fluttermain. So heavy slam on Iron Hands with the Assault Vest, I think is just a, a great call. I think they're starting to come back a little bit more, which is, which is Dean. I think that's a good call. Speaking of Iron Hands, there were six of them in the top eight. There, Iron Hands was definitely something that was suggested to be really good into the meta right now with the, you know, obviously fighting stab and electric stab fake out good bulk. And it certainly showed out in the top eight. Yeah. And the other thing is like one of the most popular defensive terror types right now is water because there's not many good electric types in the format or grass types, but right. there's one and it's iron hands. Yeah. And another team that had that iron hands, obviously since, you know, there were six of them in the top eight, this one is Dominique Johnson coming in sixth place with a very unique team. One of the most unique aspects is, yes, it does have Iron Hands, but no, it does not have Fluttermane, despite Fluttermane's massive usage percentages on day one and day two teams. This one is Ting Lu, Godango, Amoongus, Orangaroo, Grimmsnarl, and Iron Hands. This is a very, very interesting team. It has not only Orangaroo with no attacking move, but also set up on Iron Hands with Swords Dance, Nasty Plot on Goldango, and then Weakness Policy on Ting Lu behind Light Clay, Screens, Crimsnarl. This team, whew, it's like you could potentially have multiple opponents on the field that are both at plus two, and you have no idea who to hit. And then you have an Oranguru that's like, yeah, I can't hit you, but... I'm going to make sure that my partner hits you multiple times because of Instruct. And with all these double hit attacks with Earthquake and Make It Rain, and because of the fact that it has Telepathy, it's able to do that over and over again. This is a very, very well put together team and one that probably is difficult to pilot, but also if you're trying to play against it, you're just so not used to it and you, uh, you know, you're going to crumble. And that certainly speaks to going 12 and 2 over the. 14 rounds of Swiss. I love more than anything else on this team. The fact that there is encore on a Ranguru. Not only is there weakness policy team loot, not only is there Goldango to do Goldango things and Grimstarl in Swords Dance hands, there is encore, one of the most annoying moves in this entire format, more popularly seen on stuff like Sableye or Screamtail. It's on the Trick Room Center. So either that monkey is clicking instruct to do double moves every turn, or it's clicking encore into your stuff before you can move because it's under trick room. And so now you're stuck using useless moves and you thought you were done that you were done with encore because you fought all the scream tails. Nope. You're in top cut. And now you have to face encore or Rangaroo. Ugh, I love this. I love this. I might take it for a spin or two just to see how crazy it is. Yeah. It doesn't even have an attack. Better Rangaroo is just relying on its partner hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's foregoing an attack in favor of protect. And it's neat. It has mental herb, right? So you're just like, well, you can just taunt it twice. But because of the fact that it's supported by these super strong Pokemon in Tinglu and Goldango and Iron Hands, you may not get a second chance to taunt it. Because if anything, not every team runs taunt. And if they do, it's really only one Pokemon like Chen Pao or maybe a Talonflame, maybe a Murkrow, but those aren't the most bulky of Pokemon. Sure, some Ting Lu, I guess, could get taunt, but that's much more unlikely. 
but it's probably able to not be in a situation where it's, you know, left by itself or it's taunted to the fact that it's then struggling. So yeah, this is a, this is a neat team. I'd be curious to see how, how someone could just play it, you know, pick it up and play it essentially. Yeah. The other cool thing I'm noticing about the Oranger is that Terra types poison. So it's pretty much saying to Fluttermane, like you could shadow ball me, but I'm immune to that. Or you yep. could moon blast me, but I'll Terra and poison it. And then I'll just encore you into whichever one you pick. Yeah. It was very cool. So the next team that I wanted to have us talk about isn't necessarily one of the eight specifically, but it is a group of six that we alluded to as the new balance team that is starting to show itself. And the team is comprised of Fluttermane, Amoongus, Chi Yu, Gyarados, Ting Lu, and Iron Hands. So the obvious, so the similarities to former balance is that the Arcanine has split into Chi Yu and Gyarados. The Amoongus and the Fluttermane and the Ting Lu all stay because of the fact that you have Gyarados, then you sort of are able to get rid of the Palafin, and then Iron Hands becomes your quote-unquote dragon or your big physical attacker. Wolf Glick ran it to success to top three, and then Eric Stewart came in seventh place with it, and then Brian Hume also, I faced them in round six, and they just destroyed me, and they also had it. What's interesting is all three of these teams, despite having the same six Pokemon, are all very different. Like Brian Hume had choice specs on Chi Yu with booster speed Flutter. Wolf Glick has choice specs on the Flutter main with safety goggles on the Chi Yu. And then Eric Stewart has safety goggles on the Iron Hands, leftovers on the Chi Yu, whereas Wolf Glick had leftovers on the on the Iron Hands. So there's a lot that you can do with these six Pokemon, depending on the sets that you want to run with them. But despite what they're picking for moves and for items, this six core works very well together. Yeah, and I think it's because it's a little bit more offensive. There's a few more tricks compared to standard balance, standard palettes, but it has an electric move. Terra Water is one of the best Terra types, as we said already. And you finally have an electric move on Balance. Balance's big issue was dealing with Terra Water Ting Lu's or Terra Water Amoongus's, Terra Water whatever's, because Water is just a great defensive type. And if you don't have super effective moves, you just can't kill stuff. But with Iron Hands, you finally can kill stuff. So I think it was, it's a great adaptation that's been showing up at this tournament and over in Europe. And I can't wait to see how people keep innovating on it yeah i almost considered running something like this and decided not to but it looks cool the cool thing about this these style teams is the whole team like enables chi Yu so well with the redirection from amoongus and then you have iron hands which sometimes has fake out sometimes doesn't gyarados gives it the speed control with thunder wave and helping hand you have some of the defense mitigation stuff with ting lu and then you can just kind of set up and let chi Yu and Fluttermane go to work yeah it's definitely it's definitely something that if I personally am going to take anything away from Hartford. It's going to be that you should have a team that is able to handle these six Pokemon and make sure that you always have a Gyarados matchup. And that was actually funny enough. The deciding factor is why I didn't go with one of my other teams because I felt like I didn't have a good Gyarados matchup. And 
didn't necessarily come to matter too much, but it's a Pokemon that's certainly not going away. We saw it come out in full force over the last two regionals that we've seen, and it just continues to pop up. So definitely be on the lookout for something against that. You know what's a fun fact, Jake? What's that? Arcanine is a popular Pokemon, and it's a Gen 1 Intimidator. Gyarados mm-hmm. is a popular Pokemon, Gen 1 Intimidator. You know what's also a Gen 1 Intimidator? Tauros. That's that right. That was also very popular. Yes. And another fun fact that we can't get to today is that Arbok, which is not in the game, is also a Gen 1 Intimidator. So trends are showing that maybe if and when Arbok comes into Scarlet and Violet, it might be a top contender. There you go. I mean, it does great into uh, does great into Fluttermane, at least to on the poison side. But that is a fantastic segue talking about Tauros. Because let's go across the pond over to Malmo, Sweden, or let's talk about some four teams over here that were very, very interesting. We're going to get to Tauros in just a second, but first we want to certainly give their due to Maddie Morgan coming in as the champion of Malmo with a very fun looking rain team with Pelipper, Arcanine, Iron Hands, there it is again, Palafin, Amoongus, and Fluttermane. I think the couple things that, that really stick out to me on this is safety goggles on the Pelipper. So you can send those hydro pumps wherever you want to. It don't necessarily need to go into the Amoongus. Rocky helmet on Arcanine is really cool. And then booster energy on the Fluttermane. I didn't get to watch any of the Malmo streams. So do you guys know if that's a special attack or if it's, I think it is special it's attack, special right? Attack because it's, it's trick room. Trick room. Yes. Yeah. Whew. That's very cool. He's got tailwind and trick room on this team. You wouldn't expect it from the Fluttermane, but it makes sense. Lots of cool stuff. Terra Electric, Amoongus, Terra Grass, Palafin, which I was convinced was going to be the play for Hartford. Yeah, I, I I like I like Terra Grass on Palafin. It's like, sure, it doesn't get the massive boost and everything, but because of the fact that I can see it with, with when you're already in the rain, maybe you don't necessarily yeah. need it as much, so I could see that. Yeah. I just realized what the Terra Electric is for. It's for flying moves, because hurricanes or terror blasts or aerial aces or whatever from stuff like dragonite from other pelipers from gyarados those are usually free moves into namugus but if you see terra electric that's no longer a free line so i think that's an awesome adaptation on maddie's end to realize i don't have to give my opponents free hurricanes or free terror blasts Mm -hmm. um i also love that over in hartford rain was actually a finalist and over in Malmo, Rain won the whole thing. So clearly, Rain is still in the metagame, yep. right? You can do Palafin Rain, or you can do Azumarill Rain. We have some, we have some variety in Rain in the Rain archetype. You just have to figure out your matchups. And in this mm-hmm. case, we have Rain that can, like you said, go super fast with Tailwind, super fast with some priority stuff, or super slow in Trick Room. The Fluttermane especially reminds me of how Porygon Two used to run in Sword and Shield where Porygon 2 could sit at that middle speed tier base 60 and click Trick Room against super fast teams so that you can go, you know, fast against the Tailwind team, or it can reverse Trick Room against a super slow team. So you, you're you always in control of the speed and of all the speed tiers, which I think is really great in an Iron Bundle metagame 
right now because you're always facing icy winds and you can say, well, you know what, if you're going to take me down to minus four speed, I might as well move at minus four speed under trick room. So I love the flexibility on this team. Yeah, I very much agree. Cool team. And again, congratulations to them. Let's move on to Maurice Uteg coming in third place with that aforementioned Tauros team, bringing back the blaze form. This is a, this is a uh, return to what was it? I guess San Diego is where Tauros was massive. That was more so the water Tauros, but this one is the fire Tauros with the mirror herb. Then we have screens, Grimmsnarl, Amoongus, Goldengo, Bluttermane, and Iron Bundle. Really, it's the Tauros there that stands out. It's able to copy not only Dozo, but a lot of those swords dances that we were seeing on various Pokemon, such as Iron Hands or King Gambit and such. Yeah, and the Defiant boost too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Into a King Gambit, copy its boost, and then just close combat it. And I think another cool thing, this is like a team building note here. You'll notice that you have Grimmsnarl with your screens, that you have Intimidate on Tauros, that you have Mamoogus to be super bulky and stuff. You have Goldango with Nasty Plot and Leftover, so you have this, this thick setup kind of core. But then if you move down to the rest of the team with Iron Bundle and Fluttermane, you'll see that there's no Icy Wind. So on this team, there's not really a speed control option. And that's a totally viable way to build a team if you say, hey, you know what? I don't care if they're going to Icy Wind me all day long. I don't care if they're going to Thunder Wave me. What I want to do is focus on setup and bulk. And I think particularly screens is a really new thing in the metagame right now because a lot of people just haven't been running Grim Snarl, haven't been running Clefkey. But when they do, man, oh man, does it just sit on teams, wall teams, doesn't like you, doesn't let you do what you want to do. Because you put the right screen in front of your opponent and they just can't hit all their damage calcs. So really, really, really good adaptation on Maurice's end. Yeah, I definitely agree because you have, you know, just all these bulky mons behind those screens and then intimidate support, redirection support, plus HP recover with pollen puff. They're able to just sit there. And then of course, Encore is going to be bent is going to be huge. I mean, we just talked about it in Hartford. Encore can just win games for you, you know. Yep. Or lose them in my case. <laughs> True. True. Okay. This next one is Francesco Iosia. I apologize, Francesco. But they brought a they came in sixth place with Annihilate Dragonite. Amoongus, Iron Bundle, Chen Pao, and Arcanine. The significance here that we definitely want to talk about is that, at least by my count, this is the first Assault Vest Annihilate I've ever seen with Thunder Punch, Drain Punch, Rage Fist, and U-Turn. This is so cool. I've, I've never seen anything like this. This is really cool. I will say I went against probably a Weeder Annihilate set that was Choice Scarf Terra Grass Seed Bomb. So this one doesn't seem that crazy to me. Well, that's Seed Bomb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. That's cooking right there. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, this one, it's cool. It kind of makes sense. It's like so bulky. Um, you have the recovery with Drain Punch, and you can get out of there with U-Turn, keep your Rage Fist stacks. It's a cool idea. Oh, I think, I don't know how fast this Annihilate is. It's probably decently fast. I think that Thunder Punch might just be a big middle finger to Gyarados. 
because Gyarados comes in yeah. and usually is clicking T-Wave all over your team. Well, what happens if you click Thunder Punch right into it and commonly Gyarados are either Flying Terra or Steel Terra and you're an Annihilate and you've got Fighting, you have a Drain Punch for it anyways. So it's kind of like you're getting a lot of damage on you if not getting KO'd either way. So I'm curious. I think that's what that's there for. But if I mean, if, you know, if it's not, it's not. But I think that's a really awesome way to play Annihilate. And also this U-turn idea of, hey, I'm going to come in and out. And Ghost Fighting is actually a really nice defensive type right now because it you can resist uh, rock moves. You can resist poison moves. You can resist a few other moves in this metagame. And so you can actually switch Annihilate in, get some Rage Fist boost, and then U-turn back out to stack up boost over the course of a game rather than have to, having to sit there on the field next to like a mouse hold or something. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and like pairing with the Arcanine, you have Hal and Intimidate, which is a bulk up right there. It's yep. just the Arcanine's doing it for you. And obviously Chimp Hal boosting your damage too. And then also you could even argue that U-Turn will be nice for Parish because you can still tear a fire to avoid, you know, Moonblast or Psychic or Shadow Ball from the Gothitel plus Fluttermane combo. And then you can just U-turn out without needing to necessarily remain being a ghost type and switch and still do some damage. But this is this is neat. I uh I don't know if I would personally do Assault Vest Annihilate, but I definitely see the synergy on the team, like you were saying with Howl and and whatnot, and drain punch and switching in and out. So it's very cool. Definitely a nice adaptation, I think. I also like the Terra-type Grass on Iron Bundle. It's definitely needed sometimes with in the face of Amoongus, but that's cool. Yeah, that was actually what I ran. It's nice into uh, Great Tusk stuff and also into Dozo. Yeah. Was there one other team that you guys wanted to talk about that caught your eye from Malmo? Well, it's not top eight. Okay. I'm not, we're not going to analyze it that much, but... If you scroll down to 23rd place, Ivar oh, brought, this, yeah. brought the team of the tournament. I just want to list off all the members here. Please do. Squawkabilly, as in the little bird that with the Elvis hair that comes in four colors at the, that you see at the beginning of the game. Squawkabilly, Annihilate, Tinglu, Klefki, Tatsugiri, and Dadunsparce. So we've got the Netflix and chill core with the Dunsparce and some screens. Uh-huh. We've got Squawkabilly, which is, I guess, clicking Final Gambit and doing Intimidate stuff. It's kind of like a budget Annihilate, but you have Annihilate on the team. <laughs> and oh then you have gosh. Tatsugiri with, check this out, Rapid Spin, a move you never see in VGC. It's, yeah, this guy's nuts. This guy's nuts. So if you're a kooky team builder, you know, keep at it. Keep at it. You might show up in a random regionals one day. Yeah, because like you go up against this team, and you're like, what am I leading? What is this team doing to me? And what am I doing back? <laughs> and there was a team, there was, I think, a game either on stream or by that player where somebody got flinched 12 times in this same game. Oh man, Serene Grace <laughs> popping off. Yes. 12 times. That is wild. That is wild. I kudos to them. I, I I could never sit down and put something like this together. Unless again, like I'm playing a draft league match. Like this is this is wild. Like who just thinks, yeah, you know what? Scarf squawk ability, 
Squawkabilly with Brave Bird, Final Gambit, Parting Shot, and Scarf Tailwind. That's wild. Yeah, you know that. It seems like a draft league thing where you're like, well, this is the only way I'm going to get up speed control against this team. Got to be Scarf Tailwind. <laughs> Crazy. And I, I do like the Storm Drain on Tatsu. But then again, it doesn't even have any water attacks. It's just Draco Meteor. <laughs> and then there's no water attacks anywhere else. So it's not even like you're doing, you're, you're, you know, rocking surf or something. It's just, wow, this is wild. That is wild. I would definitely fight something like this on ladder and I would lose. And I'd be like, I'm never going to see this in a tournament. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I completely like ignored, forget about it. I probably did fight this on ladder. I was just like, well, I'll <laughs> never see that again. Yeah. It becomes a footnote. And then you're just like, oh, I remember this. Well, cool. Thank you for bringing that one up, John. I appreciate it. But that is Hartford. Malmo, we are closing the books on those regionals. The next one coming up is not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that, the first one of June, at least in the United States, is Milwaukee. So I'm curious to see how New Balance pops up or what some of the other adaptations that continue to show up. We talked about this briefly, but it's funny. It's like, Everyone was kind of a little upset about Reg C. It's like, oh, the, the meta has been solved. Balance or palance with a dragon is just, that's what's going to win. And now here we are still trying to figure out what exactly is going to be the next step in the meta. But I think that's healthy. That is a healthy meta for sure. And with that, let's us t- start talking with Swamp. And welcome them in on a fantastic run in the seniors division of Malmo. So Swamp, thank you so much for for coming on to talk about this. I really do appreciate it. Swamp has been with the VGC Trainer School Discord server for a very long time. And you and I have actually been working together on a draft league for several months now. So it's with a massive, massive congratulations, I say to you, for bringing home the gold over in Sweden. So, like I said, congratulations. Thank you for coming on. I'm very curious to hear about how that all went, but just to, you know, first get into, how are you feeling right now? How's uh, how's everything going? Has anything changed since you got the championship? I mean, like, of course it feels great. Like, I didn't go in expecting to win, but I was really happy that I could. And like I think anyone would just feel really happy after winning. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because there's just so much that goes into it. And once you finally do get into that finals match and then, you know, you get those two victories, it's like, I can only imagine what that feels like, you know? So that's awesome. And you've been, you've been going at it for a while now. What, uh, what number regional was this for you this season? Uh, Well, okay. I started with Liverpool when Bochum Utrecht. EUIC and now Malmo. It's like fourth regional, but my fifth event. Nice. Of the season. Cool. That's great. Now, were there things that you maybe brought with you that were like a, like learned from your experiences in those other regionals, whether it was the people that you were going to be playing against? Like, was there a meta involved with that or how to conduct yourself from round to round to make sure that you had the most amount of energy going into it or anything along those lines? I think. The only real difference between, like, this and past regionals is that, like, the fourth of the other ones, I was competing for my world invite, like, World Travel Award. Because for those who don't know, in seniors, it's quite a bit easier 
get it, like especially in Europe, because top sixteen get a travel award. But before this event, I was like pretty much guaranteed it. I think I was fourth or fifth, and like just with how many regionals we had left, I couldn't lose it. So like I had a lot less stress going in, which I feel probably changed a lot. Oh yeah, I'm sure because it's you know a load off your back when you're not necessarily like stressing about it. So going into Malmo, you had been working through a couple of different teams. So what was the team that you ultimately settled on, and why did you end up sticking with it? Um, so I haven't like officially posted it anywhere, but it was a version of Sun with Murkrow. It's essentially just Murkrow and then a bunch of offensive Pokemon. And like you could set Sun and Tailwind and then essentially just click buttons. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fun because if there's no, if they don't have a counterplay to it, you know, they can quickly go down a Pokemon or two right off the bat just because of how hard some of those Pokemon are hitting for damage with that Sun boost. You had a yeah. Roaring Moon on the team, right? I did. So full credit, like for the six, firstly, full credit goes to Nick Navarre or Nails. Because I had a coaching session with him, and like he was the one who initially got me into the team. We talked about it a bit and like made changes, and then I made other changes after that. But yeah, he was the one that originally gave me the team. And I guess we're like Roaring Moon. Like, if you just think about it, it makes sense. Like, you get a Protosynthesis boost, and it's a really strong Pokemon. Like, we've seen more supportive sets, maybe with like Tailwind or Breaking Swipe. It's got base 139 attack. Like, you can't really underestimate it. That's great. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, Dragon Dark is is a good offensive type, but especially when it's going to be, you know, physical offensive, because I don't think we really have that that combination for stab. And then you get sun boost as well. It just, that thing can absolutely destroy a lot of the metagame right now, which is great. And, and also pretty good resistances too, to, you know, common types like fire, grass, water, what have you. Yeah. I think, as you said, we do have high dragon, but like no other physical Pokemon. It's a right. coverage. Right. But one kind of annoying thing is like dragon claw is a really bad move. Like it's what, 80 base power, I think. So you're kind of forced to run outrage. Whereas Dragapult can run like Dragon Darts or like Dragonite can just not run a Dragon move. Yeah, I run Outrage. So yeah. That's awesome. When, I'm when, so when, nervous to click Outrage sometimes. It's yeah, just... it's really rough. Like I was sometimes I was in positions where like I was locked into it and they had a flutter made. And I feel right. And you just have to hope right it targets the other slot, not the flutter main. I think a lot of the time, especially in end games, when their fairy type is dead. It's a really easy move to click because not much resists dragon. Like you have steel and fairy, as I said, but other than that, you just hit a ton neutrally. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you're going through the, the various rounds and you're posting updates and you, you always do very well in, in Swiss. Was there a point at which you felt like, you know, actually this, this could be a championship winning team? Not at all. No. <laughs> like I think the games I won, I won quite convincingly. Like I felt good about my play. But at no point did I feel like I was going to win. Because like all it takes is one match in top cut and you're just out. And this team is like really volatile, I feel. So you can't rely on it as much. 
So like, let's say in a game three and top guy, I just miss a hydro pump or something, or like I play bad and make a bad goal and I'm just out. Like, whereas with other teams, you can afford to make more mistakes, I feel. Like if True. you get a call wrong and they just kill your flutterman or something, yeah, then you can just get put in a really bad position and not have the tools to recover. But also, like, some games I'd be fine with losing a Pokemon turn one. Like, let's say my Flutter main, but I've chipped by that Pokemon. I can swap in my great task for, like, Chi or something and then just sweep from the bag. Yeah. Like, it's not always bad. Yeah. So you you only lost once in Swiss. You get into the, the top cut. How did... So then was it, um, was it top eight and then down to down to the finals or was it just top four it was only top four sadly okay okay i prefer having big events because it's just more fun and you get to play more sure but yeah it was only top four gotcha uh so what was your so then we can kind of talk about both games if you want to what was your what was your semi-final match like oh yeah i have like notes i can put up so they had like balance it was ting lu uh palafin numbingus slotamane buxcalibur stuff and like this team matches pretty well into it because they can't they have great damage options but like you just out damage them and their their defensive ones do get shut down pretty well by micro like you can taunt arcanine stop with taunt amungus like amungus doesn't want to be in front of a chiu right like an iron bundle too so you just have a bunch of options into it and Especially in these kind of matchups, Roaring Moon was really nice. Because they usually like to bring Fluttermane early. And if you can remove that, then Outrage in the late game is really free. And plus, just having a Palafin resist is nice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's always it's always nice to see that. Now, we saw Palafin drop off pretty substantially in the Masters division. Is it still Was it still pretty prevalent in on the senior side? Uh, yeah, I faced much more than I'd expect. Probably about like three or four in total. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like, as I said, the team does pretty well into it, of course, having Sun. Yeah. Just nice. Right. Okay. But yeah, more than I expected. Gotcha. So you, you finish through uh the semifinal match, you go into the into the final, and the final match was against a person that you had played already in Swiss, correct? Uh yeah. So you felt and you were that, feeling pretty good because you had got that win before. Yeah, I did get a win in Swiss. And like, I knew what I had to do. And I don't, I guess it's weird because I expected them to adapt in finals and they just didn't. Yeah. Like, game one, they brought the same leads as they did in Swiss, which like, I won the game and that was fine. But in game two, this was now like game four or five in total, right? right. And I expected them to finally swap the leads. And they didn't. And like, I just got punished for that and lost game two. So it did come down to game three. But then Rowing Moon clicked the buttons and won. Wow. Like, I think Outrage got two or three kills in the finals. It was pretty cool. It's just disgusting. When you're you're clicking Outrage, do you find that it works best to click it when you've already KO'd a mon or two? Or do you just rip it right off the bat? Because I kind of see it a little bit of both ways if they're maybe hiding their flutter main in the back or if they are you know because then like that way you can sort of avoid it or how do you sort of pos- try and position it when do you when to click it when to not 
because the finals matchup was like balance with a macro, and it was rain dance macro. Mm-hmm. The finals was sunny day macro versus rain dance. And they led like macro palafin, and into that I just clicked outrage because like sure they can swap the flood domain, but fifty percent of the time I get a kill. Right, because Mercro was Evie Light and it doesn't like taking outrage. Mm-hmm. And then Palafin probably switches out. But I think, yeah, game one, I just clicked outrage and got a couple of kills. But then game three, I brought Moon again and clicked for a job because it's just safer into a flat domain switching. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And like being able to switch out and, and change up what you're doing, that is, that is key. I mean, because obviously you don't want to get locked into outrage because. If it's not targeting well for you, it can really, you know, put you on a bad spot. But yeah, and one detail about outrage that I feel like people forget is that once you click it and you're locked in, you can't terastalize until it's over. So like, let's oh, say true, because it doesn't even let you change in. anything. Wow. Yeah. So if they do swap Flutterman in, like you can't terastal. If you could, you'd probably be fine. But yeah, so you do have to keep that in mind for us playing. But like, that's, that's a good even point. if I wouldn't think about that, Moon gets like one kill on on an Arcanine. Then my Flutter means just so much better in that matchup. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you can afford to take dreads if you know that what you have in the back will sweep, because they lost their one Pokemon that can counter it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I guess same with like my Qu, overheat most of the time. Oko's Flutter main. like if they're max HP, it's like a sixty or seventy percent roll. So if I can just kill Flutterman early, then the moon in the back is insane. Yeah. Definitely. The team as a whole, it's a lot of that. That's really cool. That that's a that's a neat way to to sort of play, because then you can like position with what you want and you know what the threats are. So that's a that's good. So are you thinking about going to any more regionals in the future? Yeah, so this weekend uh, I have two locals on Saturday and Sunday, which I have no clue what I'm bringing. I might bring the same team. I might not. Because the Sunday of Malmo was a local too. They started doing that and I won. It's so like I only need one more local win. So I might try win on Saturday and then bring like a fun team on Sunday. But we'll see. So what happens when you get... So uh, what do you mean you only need one more local win? Oh, because there's a best finish limit of two for locals. Gotcha. Okay. So you can only get CP from two. Gotcha. Like, okay. and so two wins means you've like capped out your local CP. It's same well, with regionals. I think it's like six or seven or something. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Okay. And for the ICs, it was two. Gotcha. And speaking of, you're looking to go to potentially come over to America for the NAIC, right? Yeah. I've got flights and stuff booked because I did get the travel award for that, which again is easier in seniors because it's just less of us. Yeah, I mean, we, true, but it still requires a lot of a lot of perseverance and work to get to that point. So it's still yeah, very it's impressive to do. Really happy when I did get that. And like just having the money is good because what I did is I used like most of the money for Columbus. But then some of the money I'm spending in two weeks to go to Italy. Mm-hmm. So I have a special event there. So like I get two events out of that travel award, which was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Turin in two weeks. Then NAIC late June, and then Worlds in August. My free events. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll see how much your your team changes if you continue to bring this one, or if you devise something new. But 
yeah. again, massive congratulations to you. Definitely been a long time coming. You've been right on the precipice of that championship for quite some time. So able to push through and finally get it. It's really great. Yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, it was nice to finally win. Awesome. Bring it home. Well, uh, perhaps we'll have you on again when you win another championship. Or, of course, yeah, you're more than welcome to always come time. on. Uh, it's just, you know, that the time doesn't always work, <laughs> considering yeah, we're about zones. five hours apart. But, uh, but yeah, it was cool. Cool. All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We certainly do appreciate it. Uh, good luck in all of your future endeavors. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks. And that was Swamp. Thank you so much to him for, for coming on. We certainly do appreciate it. A champion in the in the senior league. I personally am very into, uh, excited to see what they're going to be doing in Masters in just a couple of years. It's uh could be one of those situations where like, oh, I, I knew him when he was in seniors, you know, so we'll see. But thank you again, Swamp, and best of luck to you. But uh, I think that is the podcast, guys. I do appreciate you coming on. Thanks so for we'll, having me. Uh, do our goodbyes. So we'll start with you, John. New Balance shoes. Get them while they're hot. Absolutely. And Will? I don't have anything to follow that. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> and I've been Jake, as always. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Class dismissed. Dismissed.